this is Danny from Eurovision Stars Voyager, and you are tuned into Side Jams with Brian Reisman. Greetings, everyone. This is Brian Reisman, host of Side Jams, the show where we talk to musicians about their outside passions and their hobbies. And today we have musician, actor, songwriter, author, and graphic novel author, and, and show host, voiceover, Broadway. I mean, you, boy, I've got, I've, you're missing a lot on my list, but oh, thank you. Sure. There's, I, I could keep going on. And yeah, philanth- we, we only have so much time in the show. <laughs> and philanthropist, of course, because I wanted to talk to you about, uh, I wanted to talk to you about your charity work because that's something that you know a lot of musicians do it. Some of them don't. Some of them are not super loud about it. Um, I always gotten the vibe that you do your thing, that you try to do as much as you can. Um, without like trumpeting it too loud, I think. Like you just sort of seem to do it because you want to do it. Well, the running joke is, you know, um, is we got to make up for the 80s somehow. That's that's my that's my my tagline. And, but, you know, I, I have won a few awards for my a philanthropy, but I was told by one of them, um, it's a short list of people who are actually, you know, yeah, people donate a guitar or people sign, you know, yeah. they'll do a, a thing, but people who start uh, chair a charity or start up something or are, are proactive. They said the list is very short and those people are few and far between. And, um, you know, and, and that's a shame because you've been given a certain degree of influence, uh, you know, uh, through your success of your career. And it's a great opportunity to try to help others and lift others up. And, you know, certainly, I feel like I was lifted up, not in a charitable way, but certainly I was pulled out of the masses and given a chance and a voice. And so, well, you know, now, uh, you know, um, it's almost like at this point in my life, I feel like it's my job to speak out, speak up, lift up, encourage people, uh, inspire people to do more, be better, all those things. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of where I'm at career-wise now. When did you first start, you know, working for charity, like, you know, either donating money or trying to raise money? I know exactly where it was. And matter of fact, it's, it's documented. Mick Foley, the wrestler. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Imagine, yeah, yeah. Mick Foley, Mankind, and Cactus Jack, and Dude Love, and all those characters. He and I became very good friends. We lived near each other um, on Long Island, and we met and we connected. And um, um, and so one day, Mick does insane amount of charity, and 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 without making a big deal about it. Uh, yeah. Amazing. I could, I mean, I could, I could, that's a whole nother subject. I mean, put it this way, on his spare time, and a man's married and he's got four, three, three or four kids. You know, uh, he called up, um, he called up Make-A-Wish and he said, listen, um, can you give me some more Make-A-Wish kids? And they said, Mick, you know, we do, you know, it, it does, the way we do it is we, different celebrities, it's, you know, and uh, he says, no, no, no. I don't want to do anything official. Just give me some in my area so I can call them and just, you know, and, and just just talk to them. Yeah. And Mick would just, in his spare time, go and knock on doors and just show up at kids' houses that he knew had were dying of cancer or whatever and, and were fans of his and hang out and watch TV with them. So mm. I'm watching this guy 
and it's in his one of his books. Um, it's a chapter of Uncle D. And he called me one day and says, listen, I'm visiting a kid in the hospital. He's got leukemia, uh, whatever it was. He said, he's a big fan of yours. Would you come with me? I said, yeah. So I went to the hospital and met this kid and saw what the kid got out of it, you know, out of just that moment that, you know. And when Mick drove me home, I, I said, Mick, you made me a better man today. I'm getting a little choked up because I was so shake. I was so like, I said, look at what Mick does and look how what you don't do. You know, so at that point, that was when I started. And it was in the early 2000s, I would say. Yeah, around 2001, where I said, I need to do more. I need to give back. I need to say yes and not just send a guitar, you know. So and, and by the way, we all celebrities get these invitations, these offers, these, you know, the, these opportunities to do more. And most of us just, you know, like blow it off or, you know, send them an autograph picture or something. So yeah. I just at that point try, I, just, I said, thank you, Mick Foley, for, uh, for waking me up and showing me that we can help and there is something more that we need to do. Was this was this before the nine eleven concert you guys did at the Hammerstein, when you guys got back together? Nine eleven, hard to say. That was two thousand one. It was right around that time, I'd have to say, because um, okay. I met him when I was doing mornings in Hartford Radio, and um, and That's then right. we became friends. Uh, we became friends. So uh, you know, so I, it was it was around that time. I don't know if it was before or after, but again, it, it, thanks to McFoley. So, you know, so I've been involved with a number of different charitable causes and I'll continue. Um, and I, I've got one that I'm just getting into now. What's um, it called? Well, it, it doesn't have a name yet. It's brand new and I'm working with some right. people. But someone came to me. It started. Wow, this is really we were talk. So I have this book called this graphic novel. called He's not going to take it. And a number of people ask me, what is the what's my greatest concern about uh, freedom of speech. And I said, and I never thought about it until this was doing being interviewed for that book and for that graphic novel. And I said that people don't understand what the first amendment means, right? That they're operating under the misconception that the intent of the first amendment is that you could say anything you want, anytime you want with, you know, and, and that's freedom of speech. And it's not freedom of speech. It was never designed, the First Amendment was never designed to protect you from bullying people online, saying things that aren't true about people online. That's not freedom of speech. That's hurt speech, and that is with intent to hurt emotionally or physically or ruin people's lives. That was never protected in the First Amendment. I don't care what Elon Musk tells you. He's an anarchist freedom of speech person. That is not what it's about. I'm getting involved. We're starting a new, it's, it's, it's charitable in the sense that we want to go and go to schools and, and, and educate young people because that's really the people, the older people are set in their ways and you might be able to get them to change or grow, but it's unlikely. The way to affect change really is to get is, is to reach out to the young kids. That's how they got people wearing seatbelts. That's how only you can prevent forest fires because the kid's saying, dad, don't throw that cigarette out the window. You only, you can prevent forest fires. It yeah. starts with the young people. So this new charitable effort that I'm doing is going to hopefully, uh, you know, inform 
young people as to what the First Amendment is and what what responsibilities come with our God-given right of free speech. Well, it's interesting. Like I look at my mom, and my mom for years and years has just given money to so people will send her stuff. She stopped doing it lately because she's getting overwhelmed. As soon as you donate, you get like a million more oh, in the mail. Yeah, I've been down that she path. Would, she, would giving, she would give to a lot, of, like a little bit of money here and there. And I wonder if younger people, you're seeing like people. I mean, your kids aren't teenagers now, but like the older, like you're. I wonder what their generation is like. I wonder what teenagers are like in terms of thinking that way. If they give as much money, or do you see that maybe they need to be made more aware of the fact that we should pro- try to help out? At certain times? Yeah, I think that charitable work comes with maturity in a lot of ways, though you do see young people who are, you know, are, are doing service within their communities and things like that. And there's plenty of them out there. Um, but I think the real understanding uh, comes when people get a little bit older. Like, you know, I work with the motorcycle community a lot. Uh, incredibly generous group of people. And these aren't necessarily, and the, and the range goes from plumbers to teachers to lawyers, doctors, it, it, you know, to it, it, like, it's not, you can't really put a finger. You don't know you, when you get into the community, you know, when we all have, we're all on our Harley Davidson's wearing a leather jacket and a pair of jeans and a helmet, it's hard to tell who's who until you start talking to them. But this community, I discovered, will turn out. One weekend for my, you know, thing for children's cancer and, and March of Dimes. And yeah. the next week, it's breast cancer. And the week after that, it's a food drive. And the week after, like, they go weekend after weekend, and they're constantly giving. There's a, they, I don't know what it is about that community that has this awareness that there's a need. But I knew very well that they weren't just showing up for my event because, oh, Dean is calling us. No, it was Dean this weekend, but it was another group. American Cancer Society the next week or breast breast cancer awareness the weekend after that. So, and these are, you know, weren't mostly young people. They were mostly, you know, people hitting their thirties and forties and older where they, they just seemed to have this understanding that it was our job to help. And you've had, you're still doing that annual bike, biker ride, right? After 18 years, it ended COVID um, really oh, did it in right. yeah. COVID. And then it was sort of down for like three years and, and then I moved out to the West Coast and it just sort of a lot of things, unfortunately, lost, you know, their steam during that time. But, oh, yeah. you know, getting involved with other things and, and you know, and trying to do other things and create other situations. There's plenty of people out there that need help. That's for sure. One of the times you're on Celebrity Apprentice, you, your team won a fundraising contest and you got yeah. you, I think you donated over three hundred thousand dollars to March of Dimes. Yeah, I was the national spokesperson for the March of Dimes Bikers for Babies, traveling right. around the country doing these rides. And so that was, you know, very much my uh, my charity of choice at that time. I was on Celebrity Apprentice. And their main thing was uh, premature birth. And, yeah. um, and I had two prematurely born kids. A lot of times we're drawn to charities that we – can sort of understand it. Like we have a personal connection to whether it's family members or whatever I've worked with autism awareness. I've got two low functioning nephews. So a lot of times, you know, for, for the, uh, for the celebrity or whoever's leading it, it's because they have a personal connection. Uh, And, you know, and it helps you have a better understanding when it's, you've got it and you're, you're dealing with it in your own family, when you've been in those premature baby wards and seen your kid nearly die. You know, it, it connects yeah, you. When you, see, 
when you see your nephews uh, growing up and, and, you know, and you see them getting older and older and, and you see what lies ahead for a low functioning autistic person, uh, you, again, it just gives you a greater appreciation. It shouldn't be like that necessarily, but, but a lot of times that's what connects people to a particular cause. I mean, you've had a lot of them over years. I and mean, I know that I just found this thing from a while back. It was uh, the Harry Chapin Memorial Humanitarian Award. You were awarded that in 2014, actually. Yeah. You've already been involved with a lot of stuff. You've also been involved with Debbie Gibson's Foundation, the Gibson Girl Foundation, the Station Family Fund. I know that whole, that terrible That tragedy. one was, I was greatly involved with the Station Family Fund. And, you know, and that was the fire, the Rhode, the Rhode Island uh, night, nightclub fire that was just, so undersupported and so underappreciated, respected, as I said many times, you know, if it had been you two uh, in an arena, that fire, the Pope would have showed up. I mean, it would have been an international outcry. But the fact there was an 80s hair band in a little podunk bar in a small town on a Thursday night and just some blue collar Janes and Joes, nobody gave a shit. You know what yeah. I mean? And that was tragic. Fortunately, we were, with the help of some friends, we were able to do something significant eventually and, and, and help those people out, but not after years and years of being ignored and suffering. And, and just, it was just awful what happened to those people up there. But yeah, you know, that was, um, that was, yeah, that's so I forgot, I forgot about that. How much did he manage to raise for that? What was it like a, well, this was a thing, you know, there was, it, there, there was nothing, no support uh, because it was a blue state during the Bush uh, when Bush was running, yeah. they got nothing. There was no, no money came at all to help these people. And there was, and, and people, I was trying to get something going after five years and just got such pushback an unwillingness yeah. of the biggest bands. But eventually, and credit to Troy Lucchetta, the former drummer of Tesla and Tesla, who were always trying to do, they were doing little things, raising bits, just little bits of money. But you were dealing with like insane uh, uh, medical bills, yeah. like you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a day in the burn wards. I mean, it was crazy the amount of people. 60 kids were orphaned on the, that at that event. I mean, just... Just nuts. So eventually, thanks to Troy giving me the push, um, we took another shot at it, and we gathered a ragtag bunch of country musicians, bravo John Rich from Big and Rich and Gretchen Wilson and Dirks Bentley and uh, Tom Schultz and Carmine Apiece and Twisted wow. Sister and Tesla. It was a – we managed – and VH1 got on board, and we got together uh, at, the, at the, the arena in Rhode Island in Providence – and we put on a broadcast show and we raised some money. And he was like, well, you raised, you know, half a million dollars. But it was like $75,000 a day for the burn unit. It was like so it just we couldn't do anything. But the event reawakened the awareness and the lawyers and the insurance companies and the judges, all who were deadlocked about paying out, hmm. broke their freeze and paid out over like $75 million to wow. the fund. And I, when I say people were made whole, of course they weren't made whole, but at least they got the insurance money and they were no longer living on couches, you know, out of, just out of loss, having lost their homes because they couldn't work. So we were able in a weird way, and that's what I always tell people, 
Charity work isn't just about what you do on the day of the event, how many people show up and how much money you raise that day. It's about the awareness you raise for the cause while promoting it. Those people who hear about it because you were talking about it, and then maybe not now, but maybe the next time they'll write a check or they'll throw some money in the bucket or or whatever. So, you know, these events are not just about the raising the money. You got to always remember it's raising awareness that the need is out there. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Like when people approach it, I'm sure a lot of people have, you've talked about it. What criteria do you have to get involved with, for example, like this new charity? What's the criteria for you to get involved with something like that? What what needs have well, to be met for you? It's interesting that there's this uh, huge charitable fund out there that's looking for causes to support. And they came to me and said, is there anything that you are, would like to do? I've never had that happen before. Uh, in these other events, I'm sort of like starting at ground zero and building them up, you know, or getting involved with an existing, the Harry Chapin thing came from our work with his food bank that he started on Long Island. And I, and I was involved with them for a number of years. Um, so, you know, so they, but they contacted me and said, listen, we've got money for good charitable causes. 
is there something you would like to do? And that was a first. So, man, my, mind started, yeah. my mind started racing, uh, you know, but I had just come off this uh, Comic-Con and I really am concerned about free speech and the way it's being misused and also uh, abused. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about the super PC, super, super woke, super, you know, uh, cancel culture. You can't say that. And uh, and that's that's got people censoring themselves to a point where it's ridiculous because they're afraid to say something. Um, yeah. And then you've got the others who are, you know, or, or fake news people who are on there manipulating pictures and manipulating uh, articles and, and writing things and posting things and creating falsehoods knowingly under the heading, well, this is my free speech. No, that's not. And, and, and squashing people from speaking comfortably, freely, without ill intent, that's not, that's not, uh, that's not a proper... Uh, that's that's not a, that's not free speech for sure. So um, I just have this real concern that it, it people just have lost an understanding of what it of what that means, what that right we have, what that freedom we have, and and you know. So when I I started talking to them about it, and they were like, "We're in, we're in." That's not a it's not like a normal charity, but it's important. It's an important message, important education is important, especially with the way it's affecting, way this is affecting the world right now. Have you ever been approached by a charity where you're like, nah, like there was something missing, there was a component missing or something that you didn't like? Do you, do you sort of ask to see like the actual, not saying budget, but like do you get to yes, see the numbers? Yes, I do. I do. I, I, as a matter of fact, I won't name names. Um, but, but there was a charitable organization that kept calling me and I went and I helped them, supported them one time and they kept reaching him, you know, like you said, with your mom, once you, once you don't donate, now they've, you know, they've got you, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I finally said, you know, how do I know what you do, you know, what you're doing? And, and they presented their, opened their books to me and showed me that everything they were doing was genuine and real. And I said, okay, all right, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll stay with you. By the way, this is important for your people to know. There is an awesome free uh, website. It's called Charity Navigator. Okay. Charity Navigator. It rates all of the charities and tells you how much of the money that they raise goes to the cause, how much goes to the and, and their corporations. By the way, um, one of the, you know one of the things I was with March Dimes and seventy five cents on the dollar goes to the cause. That's that's a very that's a very good rate. There is many, many big organizations out there that aren't nearly a quarter or half goes to the cause. But I was still taken aback after working with them for a long time when I found out that the CEO of March of Dimes gets a million dollars a year salary. That's a lot. And that all the that there's a it's a corporate staff of people that they are working, they're being paid, and they have like that corporate expectation to get their numbers up and and hear all my people for the March of Dimes. And I'm not I'm not singling out March of Dimes, it's just a personal experience, all working for free, the goodness of our hearts, all the right reasons, but all the people we were interfacing with at March of Dimes were all salaried employees that were uh, this was their job. It wasn't a passion project for them. It was their job, and uh, and so uh, so that that took me back a little bit. And I I sort of said, you know, I want to work with. That's when I got involved with the food banks, places where 
I was seeing where the money was going. I was meeting the people who were being helped, you know, like, and, was, and the, the Cherry Chapin was a Long Island food bank. So we were, I'd meet people at the, at the, at the food bank and I would see the people, you know, that was more tangible. So I've gotten to a point where I like to know for a fact, the money's going to the right places. So charity navigator, it's so easy to use as an app. When I'm in a store and somebody comes up to me and goes, Hey, would you donate some money? Hold on a second. Charity Navigator. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You only got two stars out of five. And it says here, it only a, and they're like, Ooh, you know, they, most, <laughs> and most this, yeah. So charity navigator can't recommend it high, more highly enough. I should say, you know, it's interesting is that I, I remember I, I remember reading an interview with Brian Johnson from ACDC maybe 20 years ago, and he was talking about the fact that there were some people who had criticized the heavy music scene, and I know this is why Dio did the Hearing Aid Project, you know, Stars back in the 80s for African famine relief, but like the the idea that, you know, metal bands weren't charitable, this or that, and I think he said, you know, we do a lot of charity work, but we don't always like to talk about it. It's not that they don't want to promote it, but they don't want to make it, I guess, they didn't really, and it's a very kind of blue-collar thing, not making it about them. It's about, you know, just doing it because you're supposed to do it. Yeah, well, you know, and there is a lot. I know Bon Jovi's involved and Paul Stanley's involved with that, you know, with uh, people with deformities and stuff like that. He has that ear thing himself. Again, yeah. connecting to a charity. There's there's many, many people doing great charitable work, but, you know, you should do it with a degree of humbleness. And, you know, and as I used to say, every time I go to one of these rallies, I know you're not here for me. You know, I know it's Steve Snyder's ride and I know I'm, you know, uh, you know, but I know that next week you guys will be out there supporting another cause. So I appreciate, you know, thank you for the support. And, you know, you got to have a degree of humbleness. Um, you know, it can't be an ego driven. If you're doing it for ego, yeah, then you're just going to sign a guitar and, you know, and say, you know, good luck with the auction, you know, something like that. But to actually get down there, get dirty, show up for meetings, show there for every week for the, for the different, uh, the different, um, you know, we'd have meetings once a month and I'd be there at every one and people couldn't believe it. You know, he's actually showing up, but, but that's part of it to, you know, make sure that it's being run properly and that it's living up to your expectations uh, as an organization. You want something that, is really helping people and not being used. And there are people out there who use charity to get rich. And it's unfortunate. I know, I know John has the soul food kitchen. He's got his kitchen yeah. in uh, yeah. New Jersey. And he occasionally goes in and washes dishes. I know obviously he's got his rock star life, but I, I've noticed he's made a point about doing it. And he, it, it is a tricky line to a, a, a tricky line to walk because you have a name, you have name recognition, but then if you do it too much, it can be a problem. And obviously, when I was saying to you about you know, researching things, I remember Christopher Reeve started, the, I believe he started the Creative Coalition back in the 80s because a lot of Hollywood celebrities do the red carpet thing. And some of them would speak about a cause they knew about. And then some, a lot of them wouldn't. And he's like, you know, if you're going to get out there, you need to know what you're talking about for a variety of reasons. One of it's don't look like an idiot. Another one is you don't want to make it bad for the charity either. If you actually are speaking out about something you don't really know about. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. You don't want to show, yeah. But um, you know, you, you said something just a, a couple, uh, just a moment ago about spread. Uh, you didn't say spreading yourself too thin, but um, that is something as well that you know. Uh, so again, once they see that you do charitable work, you start getting calls, uh, and it, well, there's an availability issue, you know, which which is a thing. But also, I I don't 
I, I would always say, listen, I'm working with this organization. I want my contributions to have value. And I don't want people, um, you know, Dee Snyder's asking for this, and then he's asking for that, and he's asking for this, and he's asking for that. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, and I guess there's sort of nothing wrong with it. But again, I wanted to have some value that, you know, that, that I'm working with this organization. So, you know, like I said, I was with the March of Dimes, and that was my cause for quite a while. Then it went to the Harry Chapin uh, Food Banks, um, LI Cares, it was called. And I yeah. worked with them very exclusively. Then I got involved with, with um, uh, you know, with, uh, with, 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 what do you call it? With Chris Angel. He's got, you know, he's got his help, uh, children's cancer. And, and he and I did this uh, version of We're Not Going to Take It. Have you seen it? It was a while we, ago. Yeah, you, he was at your yeah, piano, piano and, yeah, version thing yeah. went viral, um, and you know, and that was a, such an important cause. But I'm going to be doing, you know, doing something with Chris again, and you know, so uh, then I, I just try to not be all over the place shouting because I'm big, I'm a loud voice, but it gets annoying after a while if I'm <laughs> if he's constantly <laughs> shouting, oh, "We need this and we need that." Oh, really? I can't talk to you now. Fine. Did I lose you? Are you nope, still here? Good. No, I'm still, you're still there. Good, 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 good. Um, so anyways, uh, so, but anyway, so yes, just try not to be uh, the guy who's crying, like it seems like a crying wolf. And, 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 you know, and just, but it saddened me when I heard that, you know, not enough people are really stepping up and sharing an organization and really getting behind it. I think John uh, Bon Jovi is, bravo, John. Uh, you know, and there are others, but a lot of people just have their names on the, you know, on the, the board. They're a part of the board, but they've got really no involvement beyond that. Well, I know I remember at Comic-Con, there was one guy that mentioned the fact that I know you've given I know you gave to an organization that uh, helps homeless veterans. Yeah, that was recently on. Um, that was we, my, we, my family won big on Celebrity Family Feud. Yes. And uh, we we competed for homeless veterans. And to me, uh, you know, homeless is a big problem. I live in, in L.A. now. It's, yeah. it's, but the idea that veterans, people who served our country, that they're on the streets and suffering, um, yeah. it, it, that's just unfathomable to me. You know, that, you know, that these people that have given so much and many of them, it's because of injuries they suffered or addictions they developed or yeah. the post-traumatic stress. I mean, so they, you know, some gave, you know, all gave some, some gave all. These men and women gave all and now they're on the street. I just, it's inconceivable to me. Yeah, and your dad was a veteran too. My dad is a vet, you know, and uh, and, a, and a cop and a first responder, you know, so I, I, I grew up with these people and, and, you know, a lot of my friends are vets and, uh, you know, and, and how, the, how grateful I am to veterans. I, I lived the American dream because they served. Uh, when I, as we talked about earlier, the, the, the draft ended when I was in high school. Right before I was supposed to be drafted, it ended. And then because of that, I got to go and just be a rock and roller and, and pursue a rock and roll dream. And, you know, and we have a volunteer army. And so, so many wonderful volunteers that they have not started the draft up again. There's been no need because there are men and women willing to volunteer to serve and protect our country. We've got to be grateful 
to these people and support them and appreciate them and respect them, you know, and, and I feel that's something that's has changed for the better over the years. There's broad respect for the military, no matter where you stand, left, right, right center, whatever, you know, there was a time where there was, you know, back during Vietnam War and stuff, you heard, but they were being spit on. You don't see that at all uh, anymore. But at the same time, we need to appreciate it. What I think is interesting, too, is that, I mean, your dad was tough on you and there was that militaristic mindset, you know, and it did in a way help push you into being a rock and roller. But it's cool that then when you come back, you still respect where he had been. It wasn't like we're totally rebelling against your upbringing. You're like, you know, you started you, you and your dad started and you can definitely tell from your from he's not going to take it. And even, you know, in your memoir, that you know, you started to understand each other better. Oh, you know? we're, our, 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 I mean, how where our relationship was and where it's come. He, he was there. I brought him with me to Washington that day, by the way. Yeah, he was did. there, right. um, uh, which was really interesting, uh, an odd kind of thing. But I knew he would appreciate going to Washington. And here his son was, you know, getting as up close and personal as you can get. Um, but, yeah, I've come to look, you know, I know now, you know, that he had me two years after coming out of hand-to-hand combat on the front lines in Korea, you know, killing men with bayonets. I mean, yeah. you know, and how do you go? And you saw, you know, I remember in the movie Rambo, you know, but Rambo talking eloquently at one point about coming back and expecting to just like, just blend back into society. So the fact that he did that on any level, but to not bring that, that, that sergeant in the, in the military mentality back with you. And he was over there when he's like 19, 20 years old. I go, holy crap. You know, I mean, you're fighting at 1920. I mean, that's just, that's just, uh, again, insane. So I came to, you know, always had respect for him for serving. He was my hero on that level. But how does that affect you as a man? And how does that affect how you're, you're, you, you are with your children? And is it an excuse? Not really an excuse, but you need to have a little more understanding about the scars and the, and the things that he carried with him, you know, and, you know, my father always likes to take credit for making me, <laughs> turning me into the, 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 whatever I became. And you know what, it was a few years ago, Father's Day, I thanked him for making me tough and making me strong. And I, as the words come out of my mouth, I go, I can't believe you're saying this, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, he was my muse. He was my, he was the, my purpose. I'll show you. I'll prove to you. But at the same time, as a father and as an adult and having raised a family, I understood better you know, I, that everything he did, as weird as it was, was out of love, of you know, trying to provide the best and protect me the only ways he knew how. And, you know, and that was by grounding me and, yeah. and not letting me rock and not letting me play with the band and all those things. But, you know, he thought he was doing me a favor. You know, he thought he was helping me. And as I came to realize that our relationship is, is, is actually really good now. And for your last charitable act of the day, I would like to see the view of the Caribbean that I'm, but you're, 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 you're in Belize. Yes. The sun is, we're an hour. The sun is going, has gone down now. And, uh, wow. Yeah, we built a house down here and we've been just 70, that beach is ours and that's our ocean and, uh, and wow. life does not suck. Did you see it? Were you able to see? Yes. There sir. we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, 
spend my days under the palapa, writing, creating. I wrote frats under that palapa over there, if you can see it. And I have my coffee under that palapa. I never watch the news. I have no idea what's going on. I just know the Caribbean's still there, and that's all I need. Awesome. <laughs> Listen, thanks, man. It was great to chat with you again. Yeah, great to talk to you, too, man. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.